How do you do? Due to the subject matter in today's episode, parental guidance is suggested. Have you ever been given a second chance? Maybe you got a second chance at a relationship or at a job or an education. Or maybe you made choices that led to despair until one day you found healing, forgiveness, or even a new beginning. Today, we'll continue the story of a woman who grew up in horrific circumstances that led to a destructive lifestyle. And we'll hear all about what happened when she was given a new beginning. And her heart and mind and life were unshackled. Any more for you? Yes, thank you. I'm going to pray for you. Well, all right then. Okay. Just look at me, Claire, and keep breathing. Lord Jesus, we know that you are God and you are sovereign. We also know that in this world there are spiritual forces of evil, dark forces that. Claire? Ah! Let go of my hair! Jesus, be with her! Jesus, help! This is Unshackled, dramatizing true life stories produced in Chicago by Pacific Garden Mission. Pacific Garden Mission makes a big impact on the lives of the homeless in Chicago through food, clothing, lodging, and counsel. Some of our counselors know firsthand what it means to be homeless and so are in a unique position to meet spiritual as well as material needs. The goal is not just relief, but regeneration. Now for broadcast around the earth, here is program number 3570 in the series, Unshackled, the program that makes you face yourself and think. I was used to experiences with the occult. In fact, my parents had brought me up to worship Satan. I was taught that we were protected by the dark forces that are at work in our world. But they did not protect me from my father's sexual abuse or his success in fostering my drug addiction. No, my story did not begin in the light. But one day, at 29, when I was on the brink of ending it all, light found me. I still don't know how a Bible ended up in my car. My hand touched the Bible when I went to recline the seat as I prepared to end my life. Flipping through, I didn't understand what I was reading. But when I got to the back cover, I found the sinner's prayer printed there. Oh Lord, I know I am a sinner. I am sorry for my sins, and I want to turn from them. Jesus, I trust you alone as my Savior, and I confess you as my Lord. From this moment on, I want to serve you. Thank you for forgiving me and saving me. Amen. Today, we'll continue the story of a woman and the unclean spirits that threaten to wreck her relationships, dreams, and health. We'll hear how she finally found freedom 
the true story of Sandy Boyd, right now on Unshackled. <laughs> You're crazy. I'm serious, Em. If you're serious, that's crazy. Now, please make a run for me. No. I'm out of speed, and your girl has the good stuff. I'll go have these with you. No. I, I'm i done with that stuff. I'm giving it up because Jesus is so worth it. I'm telling you. <laughs> wow, you really have lost it. I'm not getting any drugs for you. Do it. I'm going to go to my room for a bit. Em, <laughs> get Take your daughter! Get out of my house! And never, ever come back! We had nowhere to go, so I called my old drug dealer boyfriend. I felt such peace after praying that prayer, and I wanted to hold on to it, whatever the cost. Though I fell back into some of my old destructive habits, I felt differently about them. For the first time, I felt repentant. I knew I had to get us out of there to truly move forward. The only person I'd ever heard talk about Christianity hadn't stuck with it. My first husband's dad used to believe in God, but I'd known him as an angry alcoholic. And we'd been embroiled in a bitter custody battle. How weird would it be for me to reach out to him to ask him about something he used to believe? Mr. Cartwright? It's me, Sandy. Well, hi there, Sandy. It's been a while. I, I know. I know you probably weren't expecting to hear from me again. I think about you from time to time. Wonder how you're doing. I want to apologize for everything. For not showing more kindness to your son. For bringing my addiction into your home and continuing to feed it. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I couldn't take no for an answer when the custody proceedings didn't go my way. Thank you, Sandy. We forgive you. Really? Yes. And I'm sorry for how things turned out with your son. I'm sorry for my part in that. I, I can't imagine how painful that was for you. Thank you. I forgive you, too. Thank you. It's crazy how good that feels to say. <laughs> I know, right? So, uh, what brought all this on? Well, that's the other reason I'm calling. I've started a relationship with Jesus. I have a daughter now, and I want so badly to follow him. I love God. And for the first time, I feel truly loved. But I'm experiencing such great opposition. It's like all those dark forces that used to protect me have turned on me. I thought I would call you because... I, I know you're not anymore, but I remember you saying you used to be a Christian. In fact, I am one now. I rededicated my life to God, and I'm currently leading a church that meets in my home. No way! He went on to tell me that Satan was furious with my new allegiance and that he was working overtime to keep me in bondage. And then he made an unbelievable offer. My ex-husband's dad would buy my and Kimmy's plane tickets to come and stay with him and his wife in Texas. We would be part of their home church and grow in our faith amidst other godly people. 
I moved to Texas with only a few dollars to my name. I struggled with the withdrawal of not having drugs. I was so grateful for my new church. I was growing and learning in my new community. I wanted my family to know that God's love was for them too. I made a video for my sister. I wrote a letter to my dad. None of it went over well. I tried one more person. How can you serve a God you can't even see? Mom, I can feel him. I No, this is the wrong God, Sandy. You will pay for this. I don't think so. I think this is what I've been looking for. Oh, this is so you, always copping out of life, running away to a new God, a new state when things get hard. You'll never be anything, Sandy. You'll never be anything at all. Her words stung, but I knew that God felt differently about me, and I decided to stay as close to him and to church as possible. I got a job, and my former father-in-law connected me to a new church closer to where I worked. I had spent a year being single, happily growing in my faith and in my relationships with the couple who took me and my daughter into their home. But one day, I was introduced to a Christian man who I could envision a future with. And your son is how old? Uh, he's seven. Kimmy is six, so right, right around, around the same, same age. age. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're working on learning to read. I try to read him a Bible story every night. I do the same with Kimmy, except she always wants to hear the same ones. <laughs> she sounds like a sweetheart. She is. It's important to me to give her a foundation of love and God and safety and basically the opposite of everything I had. I hear that. Nothing matters more to me in the world than providing that to my son, Eddie. But it would be nice not to do it alone. We were soon married and we moved to another part of Texas where my husband got a job as a children's pastor. The new head pastor became a real spiritual mentor to me. He baptized me and discipled me. He took my past very seriously and understood how much healing I had to do. So after a few years of counseling, my pastor initiated a hard conversation. I feel like I'm in trouble with the principal. <laughs> not at all, not at all. I wanted to see you to talk about your next steps. Okay. You know I love our time together, and it's been a privilege to work with you. I've seen great healing in you already, but we both know it's a long road given the level of demonic abuse you've suffered. We've reached a point where I feel, frankly, out of my league. I don't know how to advise you, and I want you to find full freedom in Christ. So I've thought about who I could refer you to, and there's a wonderful Christian counselor who I'd like you to meet. Oh. Um, okay. Sandy, sometimes it takes a community to help each other. Uh-huh. I hope you hear my heart in this. I'm so grateful to be part of your story. Looking back, I appreciate the humility of my pastor in that moment, but at the time, I felt hurt. I had taken a risk opening up to him. I decided I could handle the rest of this on my own. This significantly delayed my healing process. 
Still, I was learning to talk about my story and began sharing with people at my church. Wait, so what do you want me to do? I remember you sharing at our small group that it was a Gideon Bible that you found in your car. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm part of the Gideon International Ministry, and I thought you could come share your story at our pastor appreciation meeting. Oh, um, okay, well, thank you for thinking of me. The thing is, when I've shared my story at, at um, small group and stuff, I struggle to, I don't know, I can never find all the right words. Sometimes it feels like in that very moment, like the enemy doesn't want me to share what I've overcome. I guess I'm still overcoming it. You're a very brave woman, Sandy. The Gideons would be honored to hear your story, no matter how polished it is. Well, all right. <laughs> there were about a million more people there than I had anticipated. <laughs> the meal looked amazing, but I couldn't eat a bite of it. When the time came, I stepped up to the podium and... Hello, my name is Sandy Boyd, and this is my story. When I finished, I was emotional, and so were many in the audience. I could tell by their applause and the conversations that followed that my story had really moved people. I began traveling and sharing my story all over through the Gideon ministry. I grew more confident, but my marriage grew tense and distant. My husband was pulling away. As I began to speak out about my story, the spiritual warfare increased in my home. Mommy? What is it, sweetie? Mommy, I have to tell you something. Okay, okay, let's go in the living room. What's going on, my girl? Daddy. Yeah? Daddy has been sneaking into my room and touching me. What? <laughs> Oh, Kimmy! Come here! I am so, so sorry! I had no idea! We'll continue with Sandy's story in just a moment. Here's the president of Pacific Garden Mission, Phil Kwiatkowski. Thanks, Timothy. At Pacific Garden Mission, we see an increasing number of women come through our doors in desperate need of support. Many come with their children seeking shelter, food, and even just support. We created a mother's and children's ministry just for them. We begin by welcoming them into a safe facility, away from the dangers of having an abusive home or no home at all. Our staff cares for their physical needs. We feed them warm meals, showers, clothing, and for some, the first safe night's sleep they've had in months. Counselors walk with women through their spiritual needs, and we introduce them to the possibility of new life in Jesus Christ. We are able to provide all these services without cost to those in need because of generous donors like you. Thank you for your continued support of Pacific Garden Mission and our Mothers and Children Ministry. For more information about what we do, and how to participate, contact us at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 
60607. Our email address is unshackled at pgm.org. I was devastated by my daughter's news. I never thought this could happen in a Christian family. My husband stepped down as children's pastor and was not permitted in our house again. Our family was shattered. Being blessed by the Lord with a healthy family was also the highlight of the testimony I'd been sharing far and wide. How had I let this happen? How could God ever use me now? Thank you for agreeing to meet with me. Of course. You were at one of the Gideon events, is that right? Yes. In fact, I gave my life to Christ because of your testimony. You... really? Is that right? I was raised in a Satanist family, too. Wow. And I'd been taught that because I was a pure-breed Satanist, that that meant Jesus would never accept me. But your story showed me that was wrong. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm part of a church now, but I'm still fighting so much of the darkness. I'm still... I'm tormented, Sandy. I want deliverance. I want healing, but I need help. I'm wondering if you... if you might be willing to help me. I was still recovering, but I agreed. My heart went out to her. But in one early session, while we sat in her kitchen, Claire was overcome by the evil spirits, and she grabbed me and threw me onto the table. But I did not give up on her, just as I hoped God had not given up on me. We kept meeting. During this time, I got connected to a man I had met before, Scott, who was launching a new ministry in a neighboring town. I thought it'd be best for you to see the place firsthand. It's beautiful. Well, not yet, but it will be. <laughs> Can I give it a sweep? It sure could use one. Used to be a school. It hasn't been used in years, so they're going to let us have the ministry here. That's wonderful. Why are you wanting to leave yours? It's been a wonderful church for me for the last decade, but, you know, so many people are connected to Ian. And with the divorce, people have found a way to blame me and Kimmy for what happened. And not just that. There's this woman, Claire, who I've been working with. She's been fighting with demons in her life, and she had a real breakthrough moment in the service last weekend. Oh, I was there. That was intense. And amazing. It was. But so many people were critical. They said there was no place for such things in our church. But where else should people go for deliverance if not the church? I couldn't agree more. And I think you've sufficiently swept this room. <laughs> <laughs> I have, haven't I? <laughs> anyway, I'm starting to feel a strong calling from God to be a part of a ministry that helps free people from a life of witchcraft, the occult, prostitution, and substance abuse. Do you think you might have room for something like that in your new church? I felt excited about this new direction for my life. I started to travel with the Gideons again, and I learned to be honest about the new developments in my story. But I worried about my daughter. She was still recovering from the damage of the abuse and had fallen in with a bad group of friends. Kimmy? What? Aren't you going to say hi to me? Hi. Will you come in the kitchen? I want to hear about your day. Uh. 
How was school? Fine. Are you still in that gross unit of biology with dissecting all the animals? Yep. Who'd you eat lunch with today? People. Kimmy, there's a camp coming up through church that I was thinking you might like to go to. I don't want to go. I was thinking it might be good for you to go. Why? I know there's still a lot to work through for both of us. I'm never going to forgive him. No matter how Christian you try to make me. Does the, does the camp have a blob? What's a blob? Like that big balloon thing that you jump on in the lake? Oh, yes. Looks like a big pillow. Yeah. Yes. I saw that in the pictures. Okay. Okay, then maybe. It's fine. Whatever. Kimmy came home from camp truly changed. One night, she asked for prayer, and she had what she described as a real encounter with the Lord. She told me she felt like she was actually starting to heal. I was thrilled. Meanwhile, I was still spending time with Pastor Scott. I brought him in to help with my friend Claire. Pastor Scott, these passages you pointed out to me last week were really helpful. Good, good. I'm glad. How has this week been for you? I didn't have any episodes or even nightmares. I'm starting to feel... Well, I'm starting to feel. That's huge. I can remember being numb for so long. It's like what I imagine it is for a blind person who can suddenly see. Because God, on your side, Claire, is more powerful than the evil one. I always wanted to believe that. And now I think I'm actually starting to. It's true. Thank you both for all your help. Of course. I'll see you next week. How amazing is that? It's so inspiring to witness what God is doing in her, isn't it? It really is. And I'm grateful for your help. I couldn't get her there on my own. The Lord uses us to help each other. Yeah, I see that now. Well, I'll let you get back to your work. Uh, actually, I, uh, I wanted to talk to you. Okay. I was praying the other day, and a strange thing happened. Suddenly I heard God say, Sandy needs a godly husband. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's looking out for me. <laughs> well, I told him, okay, I'll add that to my prayer list. I'll, I'll pray for you to send her one. <laughs> I appreciate that. Then I heard him tell me again, Sandy needs a godly husband. I'm glad he's so focused on it. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him the same response. I'll pray for one. Then I heard the same statement again, and I realized God was... I realized God was calling me to be that man, to be your husband and the father to your daughter, if you'll have me. I was delighted and so in love. Scott told me that he was concerned about my past and prepared for the spiritual warfare that he knew might follow this decision. And it did. We faced many challenges. Scott gained weight, became sick, lost sleep, and together we battled many unclean spirits in our home. But we grew stronger together, and after a few years, we knew that with God's help, we were going to make it through all of the darkness. As I've continued my ministry in speaking, I've started going to speak at jails. 
At one prison I was visiting, I saw a woman I thought I recognized. I approached her after class. Excuse me, do I know you from somewhere? You look so familiar. Maybe. Oh, what's your name? Jazz. Oh, my. Jazz. I'm Sandy. I, I used to... Well, I, I used to buy drugs from you. What? Sandy with the baby? The tape? The tape recorder, that's right. Oh, my. Oh, you look like a completely different person. I am. How are you? Oh, Sandy, I'm... <laughs> I'm so lost. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. My, my children are in gangs, all, all three, addicted to all kinds of drugs, and they're all in prison. <laughs> Just, I've been feeling so worthless, but your message tonight, it really spoke to me. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Jazz. That, that is such tough stuff you're facing. But I know God was with us and moving tonight. He was. He really was. You know he wants to stay with you and walk through all of that by your side. That's the only way I overcame the stuff I was dealing with. <laughs> that right. Would you want to pray with me? Jazz accepted Jesus as her savior that night. And God reminded me that he is never, ever finished with us. And he never gives up on anyone. There were so many times I thought my life was too far gone, but it was nothing that he wasn't strong enough to handle. Scott and I still do ministry together. And my daughter, Kimmy, leads worship at our church. Through God alone, the cycle of evil has been broken in our family. Hallelujah. Listening friend, we believe God wants to do the same miracle in your life that he has done in Sandy's. 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12 tell us, And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Friend, if you would like to know more about God's extravagant love for you and what it means to have a new life in Christ, you're invited to get in touch with Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. The telephone number in Chicago, 312-492-9410. Our email address is unshackled at pgm.org. Visit our website to learn more about this ministry, unshackled.org. Please take a moment to thank the manager of this station for bringing you Unshackled. If you'd like to keep up with the latest Unshackled news, you can download our Unshackled app for free by visiting the iTunes App Store, Google Play, Amazon App Store, Roku, and the Apple TV App Store. 
This is program number 3570, heard in part two of the true story of Sandy Boyd were Elizabeth Argus, Larissa Julianas, Vicki L. Garcia, Lisa Keith, Kim Rasmussen, Tom Geich, and Mark Forrest. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound, Martin Robinson. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Sound engineer, Kim Rasmussen. Script, Samantha Beach. And I'm Timothy Gregory. Unshackled is produced by Pacific Garden Mission to show through true stories that if your life is empty, it can be filled to overflowing. Please write today. Your letter means a great deal to us. The address? Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. You may call Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago and talk with someone who cares. 312-492-9410. Someone is waiting for your call. 312-492-9410. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.